0: Well, hey, Becoming Me. I am so excited to introduce you to my warrior friend, Jenna. Jenna, welcome to Becoming Me.
1: Hey, I'm so excited
0: to be here. I'm so excited to have you. And literally since the moment we connected on Instagram and TikTok, I have loved just watching all of your content. You're so encouraging and you inspire me to become who God made Emily to be. So thanks for being yeah. you. Like you're awesome.
1: It's It really is all God. I, I'm, yeah.
0: Well, it is evident he is shining brightly through you. And, you know, if somebody was hopping on today, they're watching your Becoming story and they're like, who is Jenna? Like, who is Jenna?
1: Yeah. So me, I am 25 years old. I now live in Dallas, Texas, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I've been in Waco for the past seven years, went to Baylor, pretty, pretty normal. Normal upbringing, Um, but I knew that I knew when I was fourteen years old. I prayed to God before I was even saved. I said, "God, I want to do something big for you."
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I know, I knew that right then and there that my life was not going to look normal, and it wasn't going to look like the normal suburban life. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's a lot about how my journey has played out. It just hasn't gone with the status quo. And that's a good thing. Like, we don't want to be like everybody else. And God writes unique stories. And um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of who I am is, yeah, just a normal girl just following Jesus. And I'm about Jesus and, and I'm about the kingdom and that bringing brought to earth.
0: Yeah. No, I love it's evident. It is so evident in who you are, who you're becoming. Um, I absolutely love that. So let's just take some time. I would love for you to unpack your story. Like what has made you who you are today? This
1: woman who is just passionate about Jesus, like what's made you who you are? Yeah, I, I love sharing. And I love sharing just parts of my story because people are like, What? they're like, what? You, you went through all of those things. Like, how are you who you are? And it's literally what you do. So, um, yeah, so pretty normal upbringing. I was pretty sheltered with my family with ways that like, I didn't know everything that was going on. Um, they kind of really covered us from all the bad things that were going on. And so, when bad things were happening to other people, but bad things never happened to us or to my family. Hmm. And I prayed when I was 14, like, God, I want to do something big for you.
0: Yeah,
1: And a year later, um, my aunt, so my, my family's super close. Um, my aunt, so my dad's best friend, I'm just going to say her name's her name was Lori. Uh, so my aunt Lori, we were like best friends. We found out that she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And that just, I mean, as 15 years old, that shook, that shook me. And I never knew how to process pain. All I knew was, um, and my parents had us really young or they had us cause I'm a twin. They had us really young and Um, I was like, I don't, I don't have anything to turn to like, and so I just turned to the party crowd. I was like, I, I don't know what to do with this gaping hole in my heart. Like there's something missing. I don't know what it is. Um, and so just went and got immersed in the party crowd. And a couple months later, I get approached by my young life leader. Or my now, now young life I was about 15. She's like, Jenna, you're going to camp. I was like, yes, ma'am. And there's something about her that I knew I needed and I didn't know what it was, but it was this, it was the Holy spirit that was attractive. Hmm. So my best friend and I, we are from a different high school. So it's a miracle that we even got to camp, but I heard the gospel for the first time. Wow. And I, I was young enough later in college, so I know how it's set up because um, you do the you talk about the Father, you talk about Jesus, you talk about um the sin talk, then the cross talk, and then you talk about the resurrection. And it was on when they talked about sin that something switched in me and I just recognized my own brokenness and need for God. I was like, I can't fix me. Yeah. Like there's something wrong. I can't fix me. And I was, I was weeping and, um, my young life leader, she was like, Hey, have you ever accepted Jesus before? I was like, what does that mean? And so she explains like, this is what, this is what it means. And she's like, do you want to do that right now? And I was like, I can do that right now. What? And so in that moment I accepted Jesus as my Lord and my savior. And I just, and I love sharing this because I I'm just very unchurched and I don't put God in a box. And I just felt the tangible presence of God. And I, I felt like this joy and this tangible peace come over me, like something was missing and now it's not.
0: Hmm.
1: It just felt like my eyes were open for the first time. Um, and that was when I was 16 years old and then fast forward through, through high school In a relationship, it got kind of messy at the end. Um, and I was heading to college and I wasn't really discipled because, um, they didn't really have, there was hundreds of kids in our young life. And, I wasn't really disciple, so I didn't know how to read the Bible. I didn't know how to follow Jesus. So I just went right back into that lifestyle because I was like, I don't know who I am. I don't know how to follow this God. I just had this supernatural experience and I don't know how to walk it out. And there's so much grace for that part because I wouldn't be who I am now with with before what happened um, my freshman year of college. So got really attached to... Um, my first boyfriend and I i knew that I knew that God wanted that he wasn't for me yeah And I said God and I, I prayed I was like God don't put anyone into my life until I'm ready <laughs> and God honored that prayer <laughs> um because literally I have not dated anybody for seven years wow. um but it was so I it was so timely. Like I broke up with him right before right before freshman year of college and um I was a cheerleader at Baylor and I didn't know who who I was. I was putting my identity in cheer, putting my identity in partying, putting my identity in voice, like God, you told me to say no to him. And so are you gonna bring someone to my life? Um because I'm I'm trying to follow you because I knew that you have what's best and I just don't know how to get there.
0: Yeah
1: and fresh my freshman year of college was the hardest year Mm -hmm. of my life in my family's life um in it was november we found out that my uncle um had committed suicide and my other uncle had died from lung cancer Mm um my other aunt and this is all over like November, January, February, like I experienced four deaths that year. My aunt, that was my best friend, mm-hmm. um, the cancer, and this was five years after her diagnosis, the cancer had wrapped around her spine and paralyzed her from the waist down. So she actually moved in with us the last four months that she was alive. Um, and there was a lot of problems with getting nurses there to take care of her because she was paralyzed. So she couldn't, she couldn't feed herself. She couldn't bathe herself. Like we had to change her diaper. And, um uh, so my parents worked full time. And so I went and took care of her for four months and it was at, at 19 years old. And at that past year, I had like gained 20 pounds because of all the grief that was going on and I was uh didn't make cheer
0: mm-hmm. didn't
1: make the sorority that I wanted and just a lot of pain a lot of grief like just like in that place again like god I don't know what to do with all this pain mm-hmm. and I don't like I just don't know how to do this um and so flash forward mm-hmm. to August of 2016 so started taking care of her in June. Then August, 2016 um, blew out my knee and, and tumbling. Oh. And so I was on bed rest for about three days. Then I, I was still in the party scene and I, she was, Aunt Lori was downstairs because she had a little room downstairs and something switched to me where I realized like, what am I doing? Hmm. What is the purpose of life? Like Going out and partying like that is not where life is. Like there is no fulfillment in that.
0: Yeah.
1: And God, I want, and from that point on, I was like, God, I want to follow you, and I don't know how. Mm. And so in October, at the day after she passed away, mm. just feeling so numb and so broken. It's like if this is what life is, Lord, like like, I know you're good, but where are you? Like, I know that you're good. Cause you said there, um, taste and see that the Lord is good. Like I would have, David said, I would have despaired. Had I not seen the goodness of God in the land of the living? So Lord, like, where is the goodness of God? Because I can't do this anymore. Um, and then I was reminded of, um, college service, was really popular in, in Waco at this church that I was a part of. And I called it my friend cause I couldn't drive. And I was like, can you take me please? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd never been a part of a church and I went to that. I sat, <laughs> I still remember I sat in the back, back pew, and my college pastor was speaking on identity and how honestly it, I don't even know what he was speaking, but I just had an encounter with the love of God. And and I was asking the question, God, where are you? And he was like, Jenna, I am right here. Mm -hmm. I have never left you. There's never been a time where I had not been there walking you through. And I'm going to walk you out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went up to the front and, um, my pastor and his wife, they started praying for me and they started speaking identity into me. Like Jenna, you were, you were made to be fruitful. You are a woman of God. Like you were a daughter of the King and speaking life into me and, and things that I needed and, and my purpose, my destiny that I'd never even thought about before. And that just projected this pursuit of wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's where I want to be. And so I was at college service. I was at Bible studies. I was at church on Sunday. Like I, and so the next part of my story is really about discipleship and the power of discipleship has on how it had on my life and how it's had on people that I have walked with, uh, in discipleship and mm-hmm literally where it's like, open up John, reading the Bible. This is how you follow God. This is how you walk in purity. Like this is what it looks like to hear God's voice, like just simple things. And over the past six years of really God forming my identity and my character, it's, it's all about knowing God and in being known by people and walking in community. And um, the other part of of my story that I felt like God really wanted to share was how in college, like the latter part of college, I legit watched all of my roommates get engaged. It was, it was October, November, and December, all of them got engaged. I have a picture of them, them three having their rings out. And I, I was like this. Um, and <laughs> it was probably one of the most painful seasons yeah. to watch um watch literally my dream happen right in front of me for other people. Like they would talk about their weddings every single day and I would just cry. Like I would go to the bachelorette parties and I would call my friend, and I'd be like, I what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I get over this? Why am I not content? Like what does this mean? And as I was praying and, and, journeying through this, this waiting season of what I call it, because um, we're all waiting for something. And I, what I've learned is if I compare myself and my, in my story and God's timeline to every other girl or every other person, like I will be on that circle and that carousel for the rest of my life. Cause even when I get the marriage like it's just the next thing, like why are they getting pregnant and I'm not? Why do they have that house and I'm not? Why do um they get why did they get that promotion or that that speaking gig? Like you just fill in the blank. And so God was really deepening my like my character and realizing, hey, like you have to be can you have to stop comparing your story to everybody else and be content with where I have you right now. And practically what that meant for me was celebrating them. Mm -hmm. It was like, I'm going to be the first person. I'm going to get the biggest gift. I'm going to just celebrate the heck out of all my friends. And as I started to celebrate them, it actually set my heart free. Ah, I love that. It, It was like, wow, I feel like I just Experienced a miracle. Mm-hmm. um, But that, and I think with singleness, it just comes with ebbs and flows. And I'm like, God, I don't understand why they got married at 22. And I, I'm still, I'm still me. And mm-hmm. what I've learned is every single year, I'm more thankful and more thankful for where God has me. Yeah. Um, and I'm in another season where I'm watching by the end of 2022, all six of my best friends will be married. Mm -hmm. Some of them already have kids. And I'm like, God, this is like the biggest desire of my heart. Like, what are you doing? And I just see so much now, like the fruit of my yes Mm -hmm. and and waiting And, and what I encourage with what I encourage girls with. She is lovely, which is the, the ministry that God's called me to. And he, He gave me um, this dream in 2016. It was shortly after I really started following him. He said I was going to start a ministry and really teaching and discipling women in their identity. And what I would encourage girls who are walking through that season or or they're just in general waiting seasons, like you, you have a promise from God and you're waiting on him to fulfill that. There's always a process. Yeah, you always have to walk it out like the Israel, the Israelites, when they were in slavery, God, God was um, gave them a promise that they would go to the promised land, like he gave that to Moses. And when they actually got out of Israel, the Exodus, um, they wanted to go back to Israel because they could they didn't know how to operate Mm -hmm. in freedom. Yep and it's like okay the lord's teaching me how to operate in this middle mm-hmm. um and that looks like not being up that looks like persevering that looks like discipleship and community like i would not be in the place that i am and be going after the things of god that i am and going after dream- the dreams that it's actually his dreams going yeah. after his dreams um if it wasn't for being tethered to him yep. and letting his character be just nailed down in me mm-hmm. um and being around people yeah people um so I think that's it, to wrap it up in a bow <laughs> I love <laughs> um, that's amazing yeah. like girl your story I resonate in so
0: many ways. And, um, I'm just really proud of you. Like navigating the, in between the waiting, the process is not easy. That's what I love about that word becoming, because we're never done becoming like, we're always growing. We're always evolving. We're always becoming who God made us to be on this side of eternity. And, um, it's like, The the person that we dream of being, it's in the becoming. And so everything that we hope for, we discover it in the waiting process. And you identified it so clearly. Like whenever we get whatever that thing or relationship or status, whatever, we're gonna just want something else on the other side. It's just never ending. And so discovering who you are and being rooted in your identity in Christ now, like is so powerful. Like oh, I love what you unpacked. Um, you know, I'm curious and i feel like i know the answer based off of instagram but i'm going to ask are you a coffee drinker
1: 100%
0: yes girl okay how do you drink your coffee
1: iced oat milk latte with honey
0: ooh i just tried that like 2
1: days ago it's delicious it's, it's my favorite
0: oh my love god love it So good. Okay. So if you were having an iced latte with oat milk and honey and you're hanging out with somebody else on their own becoming journey, what would you say to encourage them?
1: I was actually talking to my mentor about this. Um, when the Bible talks about how suffering produces perseverance perseverance produce, produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint i would say say yes to god no matter what like mm-hmm. even when it doesn't make sense even when it's crazy like the, the difference between people where their dreams actually happen mm-hmm. and people that stay in comfort is not giving up
0: yeah
1: and I'm like, oh my gosh, it is so worth it. Like, it is worth it to wait, mm-hmm. and to wait on God for timing for like everything. Because God literally marked the seasons and the time and the years and the days with the sun and the moon. Like, he knows the concept of time. Yes, he like, does. We, we live our life. Like we don't understand. And it's like, God, this is taking forever. This is a snail pace. And, and it's like, okay, I am so thankful that I didn't get married last year because I am more in my identity. I am more healed yeah. that I bring into marriage or whatever. Um, And just, yeah, that's what I would say. Like, persevere, don't give up, say yes to God, because it's worth it. God is worth it. And he has our best interest in mind. And I feel like we hear that a lot of times in church cultures, like, like, God's best and, and wait for the one and all these things. But in reality, like, God does have the best, like he has the best and not everybody wants it. Not everybody wants the adventurous, like life of God. And I do like, I'm not going to settle for just comfort and, and living in the mundane because that's just not who God is. And I want everything that God has to offer. And what I've realized is the fruit and the reward of our guests and the reward of our waiting is actually himself. Like he doesn't promise understanding, but does promise peace, and the peace is him. And we have to we have to get to the place where God. If none of those things happen, like if I never get married, not saying that I'm not going to, but if I never get married, if I never get to do women's conferences, if I never get to write a book, if I never get to X Y Z, have a kid, baby, is God enough for me today? Like and that's what I always want and I nail down in the people that I disciple, like, is God enough for you? Yeah. Not saying that you're not gonna get those things, but your heart posture has to be in that place or else you're never gonna be content. Content. Right. Um and it, it allows when God becomes on the throne of your heart mm-hmm. number one, you can actually like nothing else takes your attention and everything's everything gets into alignment because your desires are in check, God's in the right place, and you can actually walk out your calling. Um, so yeah, that's probably what I would
0: encourage. Mic drop, powerful, like, and you literally (laughs) just described what he's even teaching me, the journey I'm walking through. Like I could not agree more with what you just shared. Um, I wish we had the iced latte to go with this conversation, but <laughs> I know, I know. So, Hey, how can people connect with you online? And she is lovely.
1: Yes. So, um, I'm on Instagram and TikTok. just my last name, Jenna Gaston, G A S T O N. And then, um, is lovely. is just on Instagram and I have a blog on my website. Um, but she is lovely underscore. Cause the, I do, love the it ig handle was taken so anyways i got you girl connect with me and feel free to reach out i love i love to encourage i love to speak life into you um so anyways that's that's what i'm made for i'm made to be available to encourage people on their journey
0: Well, you literally are living that out and y'all, we will have the links in the show notes. You can easily click them. You can connect with Jenna and she is lovely. Um, But Jenna, thank you so much just for sharing your story, who you are, who you're becoming. You inspire and encourage me. And I just can't wait to just see what God does in you
1: next. Um, So I'm cheering you on big time. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. Such an honor.